Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Billy Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic Podcast, could Tariq Hill become the first 2,000-yard receiver in NFL history? I don't know, but this I do know. Pass receiving has come a long way. You're behind the mic with Michael Neal Jr., All right, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not even sure how long this show is going to be. I think it's going to be shorter than usual, but I got my papers in. I'm prepared. Let's do this. It's Tuesday. NFL historians and lovers of sports history, you already know. This show is for you guys and gals. And if you already know this stuff, congratulations. We're moving on. There's always someone else who does it. This show is for those who don't know as much about NFL history. So we are here to do three things. That is enlighten, teach, and learn. It is the Behind the Mic Podcast. I am your host, Michael Neal Jr. This show is presented by Billy Up Sports, the Billy Up Sports Podcast Network, BillyUpSports.com. Go to it. Click on it. Read the stories, the articles, listen to the shows, and you better be listening to mine first. But anyway, you can catch us on our home base of Spreaker, all right, Spreaker.com. Also, all everybody's favorites, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and some of the other ones, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. So, all right, so we're going to get right to it. Um, without any further delay, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Week 10, the rundown, Thursday night football. All right, so it seems to me whenever a head coach gets fired, at least for a little while, you know, you have players that are traded away and stuff like that. Knowing good and well this team is one that everybody's giving up on, that team seems to step up their game just a team, just at least for a little while, a couple of games maybe, if not for one, you know what I'm saying? And there are those who also have the motivation individually especially when you're playing against a team that cut you of course two weeks ago the falcons kicked the game winning field goal in overtime to beat the carolina panthers the falcons they had to go see carolina all right they had to go see the panthers and it, it didn't end well for them now the panthers turned to return the favor right so it wasn't much of a contest to be honest and in that panthers 25 to 15 win against atlanta deontay foreman who was you know he all, once again put it on that Falcons defense uh, 130 yards since Christian McCaffrey had been traded away to San Francisco this dude has had three 
100-yard games, and that included two weeks ago. He had 118 and three scores. Kudos to those who have him in fantasy. And, um, you know, the three touchdowns against the Falcons, it wasn't enough. Uh, And, again, kids, keep your helmet on your head. You know, (laughs) that way, maybe, just maybe, Carolina may have swept the Falcons this season. But let's be real. The Panthers still need to get better. And they're just playing with a little bit of adrenaline right now. They just improved to three and seven. Now to Sunday, Sunday morning, football for breakfast. It wasn't in London. This time in NFL history, the first time in NFL history, we had professional football, American football in Germany. You can say, what, Seahawks at Bucks? Bucks at Seahawks? Eh, you know, who was the home team? Might as well have been the Bucks. What is Germany famous for? What, beer? Sausages, I guess cars, Volkswagen, Audi, BMW, Mercedes Benz. But I always think about that movie. I love it. Atomic Blonde. I'm I'm in love with Charlize Theron. If if you don't know, uh, she doesn't know we're together. I I know it, but she doesn't know. Anyway, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. Kind of. But I mean, I think about that movie. That was a movie that was made, what, 19, supposed to be circa 1989, right? And uh, yeah, it was in Berlin. So East Germany, West Germany, the whole thing. Watch, it's a good movie. Uh, music like 99, Love With Balloons. Yeah, Bundesliga, soccer, you know, the soccer league. That's what I think about when I think about Germany. Sebastian, or is it Bastian Schweinsteiger? Yeah, that guy. I guess you could say football, but not soccer. The first American football game ever played in Germany. That was his story. All right, not history, his story. And now, I mean, it was a good game. Um, Seattle made a game of it, as a matter of fact, later on because the Buccaneers were on point on that Sunday morning. So I enjoyed eating my eggs and watching Tom Brady do his thing. And I'm sure that the fans did as well. Um, the running game that Seattle has had this year, you know, Kenneth Walker III, I was blowing him up. And then a week later, and he's on my fantasy team, he still has some decent points, but... They only ran for 39 yards as a team, okay? And he was not the leading rusher either. The Bucks found their running game. They ran for, as a team, 161 yards. And who was it? Rashard White, he ran for over 100. So they pounded the football. Brady tosses two touchdowns. Boom, bang, pow. Bucks win. And, I mean, they just – Seattle wasn't bad. Geno wasn't bad. They just – it wasn't enough offense. And talking to one of my buddies, I always refer to him, Kenny Johnson. We talk football every Monday, Tuesday. And he said they should have basically abandoned the run a long time ago and just started throwing the football. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, the game plan is the game plan. But when they did throw it, yeah, they started. It was just a little too little too late. All right. Too little too late. All right. So morning slate. Broncos, they were here. The face-off against the Titans here in Nashville. Same story, different week. The Titans, they have the 17-10 win. And the defense, another game-sealing interception at the end. Tanner Hill, he's all right. He's all right. Derrick Henry, he ran for, what, just over 50 yards. They did enough to win the game. Russell Wilson had no running game. Uh, He threw 42 passes Sunday. And uh, that hasn't been, you know, the the good – that wasn't good for the game plan in any game. For the Broncos this season, they are they continue to be under 500. They're now three and six. The Titans improved to six and three. Uh, and that last, that 40-second pass for Dangerous, uh, I mean, that was it. <laughs> Didn't end well. So Saints at the Steelers. I get to work Monday morning. 
Let's see one of my manager friends. And I just got plum cussed out. <laughs> so, it was in love, you know. He, he's my friend, but I got cussed out. He's from Slidell, Louisiana. He's a Saints fan. And uh, yeah, he, he dog cussed me a little bit. He said, look, you got to give me a day to get this out. After Now today, he's fine. The rest of the week, he's fine. But yeah, I got dog cussed a little bit because, you know, I, I'm a Steelers fan and he's the Saints guy. And there you go, New Orleans, they went down 20 to 10 on Sunday. And guess what? Najee Harris was a one yard away from 100. He had 99 yards, 99 yards. I'll take it, man. And Pittsburgh, they kind of went back to the 70s. They ran for 217 yards. That's great. Uh, they need to do that. <laughs> Wowzers. New Orleans. All right, so that same buddy of mine, I'll call his name out, my man Jamal, uh, he was telling me, you know, he was, he was you know, kind of unloading. You know, he was on the couch, and I had, the, you know, the glasses on. It was like, tell me about your Faja. And he's telling me that all of the – the coaches, the, uh, they, they needed to be fired. The whole staff needs to be fired. They're not, you know, that's fan talk, of course, right? And he talked about how bad Dennis Allen has been and Pete Carmichael, the offensive coordinators. I said, well, you do know how good that they were at their jobs when they had a quarterback, right? That's the difference. That's the difference. And now you got Allen saying that he's not totally committing to taking Andy Dalton from that first team and putting in Jameis Winston, he doesn't know what he's going to do yet. That's basically what he's saying. And not to mention, you don't have Drew Brees anymore, but then Sean Payton as well. I almost feel like maybe they should just put Taysom Hill back there. What? Try it. Just try it for a couple of weeks. I mean, you're not going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, you're still kind of in the race, but not. You know, does that make sense? Anyway, uh, Vikings at Bills. Look, it's one of those games. I needed a cigarette after. Oh my God, that was just so that was so wonderful. Uh, and as a Bills fan, the high of highs and the low of lows within a manner of a minute. You know, fourth down and goal, and Kirk Cousins tries to a quarterback sneak. He doesn't get in, and Bills fans are celebrating. There's 44 seconds left to go on the clock. And your team is going to get the ball back. And you're thinking, yes, they're going to win this game. The next snap, he's under center. If you didn't see it, uh, Josh Allen, they fumble, the, <laughs> they fumble the snap. And the Vikings fall on it for a touchdown to take the lead. And, of course, Allen drives down to tie the game. Okay, And, and truth be told, it never should have happened. Maybe it would have happened anyway. But it shouldn't happen in, in the first place, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion, because – Gabe Davis didn't even catch that ball on the sideline, and they got the next snap off. I mean, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But anyway, they go to overtime, and another Josh Allen turnover. They're driving after the the Vikings take the three point lead, 33 to 30, was it? Yeah. And you know he throws a pick, and the next day, you know, I guess it's a trend now. Shirtless. Patrick Peterson, he's got on shades and he's got the ice and, and the chains around his neck. He's looking like Mr. T post-game. Uh, but Justin Jefferson, my God, my God in heaven. Best coach uh, catch I've seen in years. How did he catch that? How did it not touch the ground? I mean, this, this dude right now is the best receiver in the National Football League. And I love Stephon Diggs. I love Jamar Chase. But right now, he is playing the best. He is the best receiver right now. I understand 
Cooper Cup. We'll get to him in a minute, but wow. Anyway, uh, let me take a puff. My God. And put this cigarette out. That was good. All right, so <laughs> Lions at the Bears. Justin Fields, just, oh, excuse me, Justin Fields, he was doing great. Ran for 147 more yards this week. Threw two touchdowns, rushed for two touchdowns. But then Jeff Okuda got him. Pick six. <laughs> and 21 points in the fourth quarter that the Lions score. Hulk Hogan in those greedy lines, they bit some ankles in Chicago. You have to keep them taped up, Justin. You got to watch your ankles around them lines, man. And, and I mean, they get their third win of the season. Surprise, surprise. And the Lions broke a 13-game road loser streak. Bravo, bravo. Browns at the Dolphins. Not a whole lot to say about this game, but Miami won the game 39-17. I mean, it was a beatdown. It was like a college game. And, um, you know, against a team that I thought a little bit better of, Cleveland is now 3-6. and six. So they're going to have to figure something out over there in Cleveland. But I seriously doubt that Jacoby Brissett is the answer. But we'll see when Deshaun Watson actually suits up to play a full season. I'm not even talking about when he comes up uh, to play here in a couple of weeks. I, I mean, here in a, in a little bit. I, that's not going to count. I mean, it'll count. But let's see with a full offseason and him starting a full season how much he's going to change that Browns team. It's the reason why they signed him. But it's so funny. We don't hear those questions on the other side about Tua anymore. Is it have anything to do with the fact that they're actually running the football now? They actually have some other weapons throwing the football to Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddle and even the, the, the bad greedy himself, Mike Gusecki. I mean, it's just me. It's just me. But, I mean, he throws three more touchdowns, has a 93 quarterback rating this week, and they're chanting MVP at the end of the game. I mean, they're throwing the football well, they're running the football well, and they're playing better defense. And they're doing their thing. They're now, what, 7-3, and three, I think? So, I mean, go figure. They have a chance to win the AFC East. You better watch out, Buffalo. You're screwing up. Texans at the Giants, I have even less to say about this game. Look, the New York Giants beat the Texans, a team that should be making the first pick of the draft. They're, what, 1-7-1 and one now? They should be having the first pick of the draft. And all I know is Brian Dayball and Week Martindale, they have this team right. They're 7-2. Daniel Jones is just playing. He's just playing better. He's playing better, okay, with less weapons as far as on the wings. But maybe maybe it's the, the kind, these are the guys that they need. And I think there's still a guy away, a player away, and I still need to show up that offensive line. But Saquon Barkley is healthy. He ran for, what, 150-something yards? Another 100-yard performance? A, a buck 52. Yeah, 152 yards. They win the game. That's all that needs to be said. Jags at the Chiefs. The Chiefs dominated the game. They won 27-17, to right? Patrick Mahomes, the third quarterback in NFL history with three straight 400-yard passing games. Kansas City, they, they win the game against Jacksonville. But the biggest moment of the game, was Jack's strong safety. Andre Sisco knocked out Juju Smith-Schuster. Thought it was a helmet-to-helmet. -helmet. The refs decided it was a shoulder-to-helmet. Uh, I just wanted to know if the dude was doing okay. He tweets out later on that, and I think it was today, all is well, be back soon, prayer emoji. That's all. That's good enough for me. And uh, the Chiefs move on. Afternoon slate, Colts at the Raiders. So Jeff Saturday, he gets a win. He coached on Sunday. Jeff Saturday coached on Sunday. How about that? And they beat the Raiders 25 to 20. 
Uh, they, and it's, it was actually a pretty good game. I don't blame Josh McDaniels because if there's one thing I think about offensively, it's just me, all right? Their offensive line is not great. And they've made some bad picks on the offensive line. Alex Le uh, Leatherwood, he was a wasted pick coming out of Alabama. The dude couldn't stop making, you know, having penalties and stuff like that. But uh, is he even still on the team? I don't think he is. But, I mean, they, they, they need to improve on the offensive line. They definitely have a guy they need to re-sign in Josh Jacobs. They need to re-sign that guy as their running back. They have a, a running back that is healthy and he's doing his thing. Definitely bringing in Devontae Adams. Never seen a receiver, uh, I mean, this side of Cooper Cup and a couple other guys. But you see what Aaron Rodgers is missing, or was he still is. I don't care what happened on Sunday against Dallas, by the way. They're still missing Devontae Adams. You see those plays that he can make, and you have a you know better quarterback and, and a better system you know, going on right there. Well, they can have that in Vegas if they sew up that offensive line and the defense definitely needs to get better i don't think that dbs can cover a bed with a sheet that's just me that's just me i mean uh, to me they had no business losing to indianapolis but everybody's number one fantasy pick uh, <laughs> yeah i mean uh jonathan taylor he he finally had a, another good game and he's healthy at least for now there you go. You know, they, they have some injury issues of their own in Indy. Uh, but, look, I don't blame Josh McDaniels. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because I keep hearing, he needs to be fired, he needs to be fired. I mean, stop it. Just, just stop. You know, put your, put, put, pump the brakes, man. Stop, okay? Moving on. Cowboys at the Packers. Now, Matt LaFleur, the offensive wonder boy that worked with Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. You know, the, when the passing game isn't working, even with Aaron Rodgers, just run the football. Try it. Just try it. You know, there's nothing wrong with running the football. And I think that was part of what really was the biggest part of their win on Sunday, if I'm being 1,010% honest, because it set up a lot of play action, and it really set up, you know, what Aaron Rodgers was able to do much later on in the game. And him throwing the three touchdown passes that he did to Christian uh, Watson. I mean, four catches, three touchdowns. He had 100 yards. Aaron Rodgers only threw 20 passes on Sunday. He completed 14 of them, three of them for touchdowns. What What else? Aaron Jones ran for a buck 38. And Aaron, uh, A.J. Dillon, he ran for 65 on just 13 carries. They ran for 207 yards. That's balanced. And I think that's probably what they need to be doing all along. Remember, early in the season, they were running the football so well. They need to get back to that. Clearly, clearly something that they need to get back to. So, Matt LaFleur, run the football. That'll set up your great passer, okay? You know, some other of these teams probably need to get a clue as well. You got two running backs that's capable. And I understand the defense uh, has kind of stunk up the field a little bit. They were down 28 to 14, and to, to a degree, I still, I'll still say it that they had no business winning that game, but the Cowboys went Cowboy. I mean, they went Cowboy. <laughs> Dak, you can't throw those interceptions, man. You can't do it. Uh, you know they ran the football pretty well too, but you, you can't. And he threw 46 times on Sunday. You were up 28 to 14. Run the football more. That's all I'm saying. Cards at the Rams. Very little to say about this game. Battle of the backups. No Kyler Murray, no Matthew Stafford. 
Pizza Pizza, um, Colt McCoy, John Walford. That's what we had. And for a minute, we saw the third string uh, quarterback, the P- Penn State great quarterback, Trace McSorley. I loved watching that dude play. You know, the third stringer. We saw him a little bit. But cars get the win against the Rams. But no more Cooper Cup for at least four weeks. He's had, getting that tightrope surgery on the high ankle sprain. I thought he tore up his knee. That's what I thought initially when I saw the play. And I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, and he's on one of my fantasy teams, too. But, I mean, yeah, that that's going to hurt the Rams' offense. They're not going to make the playoffs, y'all. The Rams are not making the playoffs. If they do, okay. They're not. They're not going to make the playoffs. And on another note, the NFL reminds you just how cold it can be. Eno Benjamin, who was filling in for James Conner pretty good. I mean, he wasn't great, but he filled in pretty well. Catch the football. He had a, a near 100-yard game a couple weeks ago. And he was told he was being released on Monday. I mean, go figure. <laughs> you know, they, I almost feel like they may be bottoming out to a degree. But not when you keep winning these games in division here and there. Sunday Night Football, Chargers at the 49ers. The 49ers weapons, uh, they're still trying to figure this out. I mean, they have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Kyle Juszczyk, uh, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, um, Kyle Shanahan and quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, they have a lot to work with, okay? So running the ball, throwing the football, long, short, you know, all these these orbit motions and all. I mean, it's just it's great to watch, and that's, that, that, that's the kind of offense that I loved coaching. And uh, it's just it's just great. Now they didn't score a gazillion points, but let's just remember that they have to put stuff in week to week. This was the first full week for McCaffrey, you know, because remember he got off the plane with the playbook and played a little bit, you know, that first go around. And they had a full week off, and then a full week of pra- another full week of practice to prepare for the Chargers. And should they have beat them a little bit better? Yeah, but I mean the defense, 49ers defense still so- solid. And this is why they should have beat them a little bit bet more. But on the other side, uh, for the Chargers, by the fourth quarter, Justin Herbert was down his top five receivers. I mean, he has no Keenan Allen, no Mike Williams, no Jalen Guyton. His tight ends, Donald Parham, been out. Gerald Everett went down hurt. On defense, they were down to just three defensive linemen. They lost two more during the game. Uh, so just like Baltimore, you know, had issues at running back, Green Bay, as well as the Chargers, they're having issues at receiver. They can't nobody stay healthy. So that's, I mean, that's what they're dealing with in L.A. Monday Night Football last night, Philadelphia, the only undefeated team in the league at 8-0. Of course, at by the end of the game, the Miami Dolphins old heads, they're still popping champagne bottles. Another undefeated goes down. Yeah. Yay, yeah, celebrate. Sometimes when you're really confident, you can easily slip. You know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, a, a guy on, on a bike popping a wheelie and he hits a rock. That's what happened to Nick Sirianni's Eagles last night. Washington clearly had a really great game plan. They ran the football. They were efficient through the uh, with the pass. Even though Taylor Heineke didn't throw a touchdown, he had a pick. And he even got a, there was a sack fumble. But, I mean, it is what it is. It was what it was. But they had the right game plan. It, it, that's what it was. The best way to beat the Eagles, keep the ball out of their hands because they like to run the football. They got beat at their own game. They got beat you know, because they ran the football uh, and they were efficient with the pass. Washington beat them that way. The, the commander's defense also stepped up. 
A.J. Brown caught one pass last night for seven yards. Boy, the, the fantasy owners were, were, were crapping their pants last night. They were, they were upset. I know they were. God, ugh. And you know what I mean? Devontae Smith, he only caught six he caught six passes, only 39 yards. He did score a touchdown. So I mean, and I had him on the bench. <laughs> but <laughs> what are you gonna do? And of course, at the end, there's the controversial penalties, the face mask penalty that wasn't called. Uh NFL referee who was Alex Kemp, he said that they did not see the face mask on the field, which basically meant they couldn't call it using replay. You can't do that. If you didn't see it in the moment, you can't look at the replay. Oh, face mask. That doesn't happen. Uh, if you didn't see the play, third and one, Jalen Hurts, he completes a pass to Dallas Goddard, the tight end, who ended up getting hurt and is might going to miss some time because he hurt his shoulder on this play. Uh, and he fumbled after being hit by a Washington defensive tackle, John Ridgeway. But this is before Washington's linebacker, Jameen Davis, uh, he grabbed Goddard's face mask. They didn't see it. Washington recovered, ended up kicking a field goal, extended their lead. And then there's the personal foul at the very end of the game uh, on a 13-year veteran, Brandon Graham. Heineke, uh, he's taking a knee. Taylor Heineke's taking a knee, and he gets hit anyway, even though it wasn't exactly the worst hit in the world. But you can't do it. You know, that extended their thing. And the commanders, they bleed the clock. The Eagles get it back with only five seconds left to go. Devontae Smith tries to, you know, they try to, you know, the uh, fumble root, not fumble root, trying to throw the ball all over the field, and he throws it in the end zone. They recover it. That's how they got to the 32 points, and uh, there you go. <laughs> they were The Eagles were favored by 11 and a half. They got beat by 11. <laughs> Where's the justice, right? Four turnovers later in this game, Tyler Haneke, he's on the trip back to Washington. He's iced out looking like Mr. T. He had on a shirt, though. <laughs> All right, so on Sunday, Dolphins wide receiver Tariq Hill had five, had a five-catch, 44-yard, one-touchdown day, okay? Way under what he's been doing, but he's having a potentially historic season. Could he be the first to reach 2,000 yards receiving? I don't know. Who knows? But today, we'll take a look back in the past to see just how far receiving yards have come. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. So that went way longer than I thought it would. But anyway, uh, look, when football first started, throwing the football ah, didn't really exist. 
you know and, and uh when i read I, I read in the spot it, it happened in college football um one of these days i'll get it you know fully out there for you but i think it was coach pop warner who brought it back um uh, because he saw that a team threw the football and it was supposed to be a penalty and the referee said that they didn't see it but it ended up being a touchdown you know scored by the other team that ended up winning the game <laughs> And uh, uh, that's that's really interesting. So I mean, throwing the football is something that I love personally because you know playing, having played wide receiver, uh, you know coming up. I mean, I just love running routes and I loved catching the football. I was very good at it. Didn't last long, but I won't you know hold back on saying that I was good at it. I, I won't beat my chest, but I was good at it. Um, but in professional football. Uh, we have to look at it now, you know, from then and now, because it really wasn't something that was done a whole lot of. And there were some restrictive rules in place as well. I had a thought on Sunday while I was watching the games and, you know, it's something that, you know, that's out there. But a bar has been set by men that have played less games and in an era that not only threw the ball less, but they did it in more difficult circumstances. What do I mean? There was restrictions. Uh, you got beat up going up and down the field and you got punished, whether you were a quarterback or a receiver. And, it, and and I think the most important thing is that it wasn't something that was polished yet. You know, throwing the football wasn't exactly polished. I mean, when Sammy Ball, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback for Washington, back in the 30s, going all the way into the 50s, that's how long he played. Um, this guy was probably the first pure passer, okay? And one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He was doing then what teams were, you know, going to do much further into the future. And, you know, he, he was one of those guys that just knew how to do it. And if you listen to him tell it, you know, before he passed away, um, it was the, uh, the 75 Seasons movie that I watched. And he said, look, I taught myself how to do it. No one showed me how to do it. You know, if nobody's ever thrown the GD football before, that's what he said, uh, then he can't tell me how to do it. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> See, he's not going to be able to improve me a whole lot. If I know how to do it, you let me do it. You know, we'll drop these plays and let me do it. And he did it well. And he was throwing the football like nobody else in the business for Washington for the years that he played. Well, the forward pass, there was a history that's behind it, okay, and how the rules began to change in favor for passing. So, 1933, the NFL championship game, the Portsmouth Spartans and the Chicago Bears. So, George Hallis's squad won the game 9 to nothing, but it was controversial. At the time, a forward pass could only be thrown five yards behind the line of scrimmage. You had to be five yards back to throw the football. Just imagine that for a minute. The game's first points were scored when Bronco, it was his fullback, Bronco Nagurski, took the snap. He faked like he was going to run, backpedaled, and threw a pass to Red Grange for a touchdown. The Spartans coach, Potsy Clark, said it was an illegal pass, but the touchdown was upheld. The referee said, ah, it was good. It was, you know, he was, he was back far enough. But heading into the next season, there were four rule changes. One included a forward pass being made legal from anywhere behind the line of scrimmage. I don't care. You know, you get the guys who get the snap. And, I mean, it's kind of regular now. If you think about it now, five yards, I mean, 
quarterbacks line up about what seven year, yards deep anyway. They're, they're playing from the shotgun all the time. But if you look at them uh, taking a snap from up on the center, Josh Allen, <laughs> and uh, you know throwing something quick, you know what I mean. But you could throw from anywhere behind the line of scrimmage. So you know this changed going forward. Um, and throwing the football eventually would become a bigger part of the game. That's what it was. The four pass could now be thrown from anywhere, and here we go. You know, that that was great. So when you get into the numbers of guys who are catching the football, this is just how different it was. You know, we're talking about 1932 when the stats were officially being kept, receivers catching the football and their yardage. 1932, we talk about this guy, have mentioned him so many times in this show uh, as a head coach, all right? But he also was a player. Ray Flattery, he's a Pro Football Hall of Famer, I believe, as a coach. Um, he played for the New York Giants as well as the Washington football team. He was an all-pro wide receiver, or let's just call him an end. That's what they called him, an end, all right? Um, NFL champ in 1934 with the Giants, a two-time champion head coach for the Washington football team in 37 and 42. Yeah, and he had Sammy Ball as his quarterback. Ray Flatterly led the league as, as a New York Giant, okay, in 1932. These were his numbers. 21 catches, 350 yards, and five touchdowns. That made him an all-pro. I'm not kidding you. Uh, so, but that's where it was when it came to receiving in that day and time because it was all about running the football, all about running the football. Of course, you fast forward to the 1960s, we'll get to it in a minute, and the AFL, why were they not going away and why was their popularity so so great? Because they threw the football. They threw it a lot. It wasn't the three yards in a cloud of dust and the sometimes snooze fest of offense in the NFL people wanted to see something different and that was different and they put them on television for a reason and they were throwing the football all over the lot well fast forward to that 1942 championship season uh, for Washington well that season Green Bay Hall of Fame end or wide receiver Don Hudson became the first thousand yard receiver he had 1,211 yards in 14 games that's significant but you know what's crazier uh, he played in, and that was a 12-game season. He supposedly, if you look at it, he only started four games. I'm, I'm trying to figure that one out. I'm really trying to figure that one out. Uh, he played in 11 games, started in four games, and he had 1,200 yards receiving and was all pro. First team. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's wild, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, a little two years later, what? Um, not two years later. So you had other receivers that began to get, you know, to get to the thousand yard mark. Uh, a receiver for the Rams by the name of Jim Benton, of course, Max Speedy for the Cleveland Browns, uh, and Rams in Elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch in 1945 and 1951. These guys were putting up some serious numbers by then. Two years later, I think it was in 1953, Pete uh, Fields, he was a tight end. He became the first tight end with a thousand yards. But 1960, you had the NFL that was the AFL, excuse me, that was born. And what was they doing? They were throwing the football. Yeah, they ran the football, but it was a passing league. No doubt. I mean, they did a lot of throwing the football. So it, almost you want to think of it as a gimmick. 
but it worked. I'll just say that. And in 1961, Charlie Hennigan, he was a wide receiver for the Houston Oilers. In 61, he set a new NFL record. He had over 1,700 yards receiving, 1,746 to be exact. And that's a record that stood for 34 years. I mean, you had Bobby Mitchell in, you know, in Washington, who, you know, once he was traded from the Browns to, uh, to George Preston Marshall's team, uh, he had like 1,436. You had some good receivers in the NFL, but the AFL having guys like Don Maynard and Lance Allworth, these guys were putting up some numbers. They, they had 1,400-yard receivers. Lance Allworth had, what, a 1,600-yard season? This is what I'm, these were a little bit more modern numbers stuff that they have never seen before okay um by 1978 we've always reverted to this you had rule changes okay so you had the passing uh that would be enhanced and it didn't actually happen in 1978 for everything to really change and flip over so what you had of course you had the offensive line rules that got changed where they was able able to extend their arms and not chicken wing block and of course the five yard chuck rule after five yards you could not put your hands on a receiver see what i'm talking about a little bit harder to catch a football with somebody around your forehead you know what i mean so these rule changes didn't really affect things until i mean the, the numbers went up but in 1979 you really saw the changes 12 guys had over a thousand yards receiving that was the most in nfl history i mean you had threes and fours but in the NFL, there had not been that many guys in one season to have over a thousand yards. 79, like I said, you had 12 guys. By 1981, it was up to 19. So we talked about the Miami Dolphins. We talked about the San Diego Chargers, guys like Dan Marino and Dan Fouts throwing the football all over the lot. And of course, you had with Fouts, he had 3,000 yard receivers all at the same time. That had never been done before. And you see it in a lot more often and eventually you will see running backs doing the exact same thing um by 1982 and this was really significant west chandler and this was the strike shortened uh season this is kind of uh cheetah-esque and seeing what the numbers could be possible the possibilities but west chandler in only nine games nine games he averaged 129 yards per game receiving. He only caught 49 yard, uh, 49 passes. He was the only 1,000-yard receiver that year and had nine touchdowns. So he was on a pace on that strike season for 2,064 yards. That's freaking amazing. I mean, it's, it's, it's freaking amazing. After that strike-shortened year, you had 1983 through 1988 that I looked up, and you had... It was, it was kind of uh, the average. Like I said, you had 12 guys over 1,000 yards, right? Well, it was like 13, 11, 15. Well, by 1989, it blew up to 20. So they're really starting to throw the football now. And you see more backs like Roger Craig, who became, I believe he was the first or second guy that actually had 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving. So, you know, th these, these kind of modern-day um, offenses – we're taking advantage of the short pass and not just throwing long all the time, which that was great, you know, but in the early 90s, if you go to the early 90s, it, it was almost becoming somewhat normal. 
And by 1994, you had 19 guys on a regular that had a thousand yards receiving. I looked it up. Profootballreference.com is amazing. I'm like, whoa, you look at this. So Charlie Hennigan, he set the bar at 1746, right? In 1961. 34 years later, the greatest wide receiver of all time, Jerry Rice, he broke it. He had 1,848 yards on 122 catches. And this is a year, and we'll get to the receptions one of these days. And uh, you, you had a lot more guys starting to catch 100 passes, too. I mean, we'll talk about that. I don't want to dip too far into it. But if you look at the numbers, even that year, okay, um, you had nine, nine guys over 100 catches, but you had 23 guys with over 1,000 yards. Herman Moore, that same year that Jerry Rice in 95 had 122, Moore set the bar at 123 catches. So, I mean, him and Chris Carter, they were going tit for tat, and Herman Moore said, ah, I'll get you one more, more better. But from 96, 97, 98, it just kept getting more. There was more and more and more. 21 with 1,000. 19 and 97. And 98 was up to 21 again. 1999, the most ever. 26 players. So they're throwing the football all over the place, and you're wondering, okay, so this record, okay, could it be threatened? Maybe, but not quite, okay? The 2000s and 01, now the guys, 20-plus receivers over 1,000 yards, that became the norm. In 01, there was 25 guys, and 20 guys plus, okay, we'll see that. 2012, y'all already know the name, another Detroit Lion, that gummit. He broke. I was mad. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Calvin Johnson broke Jerry Rice's record. I was mad because I knew Jerry was mad. If Jerry could go back out there and reset the record, he would have. He's just too darn old. <laughs> 1,964 yards receiving. I, that, that's a lot of yards, man. I mean, But it, 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 I'm not going to say that it wasn't hard, but it wasn't easy either. And you was playing on a really bad team. Golly, uh, Detroit, two of the greatest players at their positions, and they left because you were bad. Hopefully, things can change around. You know, Hulk Hogan, I'm not sure. I'm not really confident right now. <laughs> you may not be able to put them over the top. But anyway, but nowadays, you go from 14, 12 games to 14 games. Now you're 16 games. Now we're at 17 games. Cooper Cup last year, he came close, came up short. Um, he had 145 catches. That's a lot. That's a lot of receptions. And he had 1,947 yards. But you see all the catches that he's he's making, but he's so good after the catch. He could be a little bit more like uh, uh, Jarvis Landry. He can catch 100 balls but have like 800 yards. I mean, you might as well be like a running back, catching the ball in the backfield, right? <laughs> I mean, it's great. But, you know, Tariq Hill, he's on a really good pace. Um, you see all of the greatest wide receivers in NFL history and the yards that they've compiled. Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Larry Fitzgerald, Marvin Harrison, Chris Carter, James Lofton, Isaac Bruce, Andre Reed, Steve Largent, Art Monk, Charlie Joyner, uh, Dirty Irvin, Michael Irvin, Don Maynard, Calvin Johnson, Lance Allworth. All these guys are Hall of Famers. Raymond Berry. Lynn Swan, John Starworth, and Lynn Swan never had a thousand-yard receiver uh, rece uh, receiving year in his life, but that was in the '70s. Raymond Berry, Charlie Taylor, Harold Carmichael, Fred Belendikoff, and 
uh, it was so good to see that him and Cliff Branch got in. Uh, Paul Warfield, Don Hudson, Bobby Mitchell, Drew Pearson, all great receivers. But there's all, that list is real short on who had the, some of the greatest uh, seasons in NFL history when it comes to yardage totals. And right now, Tariq Hill, 17 games they have. He's got 17 games to do this. And that's plenty of time. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, somebody's going to break it. He's on a nice roll. And that roll is a little bit more, it's, it's less, it's, it's a little bit less than what Wes Chandler was doing. He was averaging 129 yards. But that was going to be in just a 16-game season. Well, Tariq Hill's averaging 122.7 yards. He's already got, he came in with 76 catches and 1,104 yards and three touchdowns. That may have been before Sunday, I think. I can't remember when I wrote that down. But anyway, um, he's he, in the 17-game season, at that point that I wrote this down, he's on pace for 2,085 yards and catching somewhere between, you know, the Marvin Harrison 143 catches to maybe 144 receptions for the season. Can he do it? I think so. I, th I think that the guy can do it. Um, I mean, if you really, really look at it, uh, it it's one of those things where it, 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 it's just set up for these guys to be able to get it done. And if they do it, they do it. I mean, they got these games that's left. They're seven and three, um, and they've got seven games left. Can he do that over the next seven games? I'm not totally sure. As a matter of fact, I'm pulling up Tariq Hill's uh, his statistics. Like I said, he had 44 yards on Sunday. And uh, for the season right now, he is at, okay. So the regular season right now, he's got 81 catches, 1,148 yards, and four touchdowns. So, you know, forget the touchdowns and the catches, but the dude, He's killing it. He's got 10 games left to go. I mean, not 10, seven games left to go. So, I mean, it's it's there for the taking if he wants it. So, I just hope, and I think that Tua and those guys can get that done. And it'll be not so much on accident. It may be even by necessity. But anyway, that's it. That's the show. Uh, references, let's get to it. Thanks to ProFootballHallOfFame.com, ProFootballReference.com. ESPN.com, also BleacherReport.com. This was written by Bryn Swartz, February 6, 2010. The 10 Greatest Seasons by a Wide Receiver in NFL History. Also, my favorite book is Falling Apart. I'm going to order another one just to have, just in case I start losing pages. But America's Game, the NFL at 100, co-written by Jerry Rice, my favorite player ever, greatest wide receiver of all time, uh, this side of Randy Moss. And speaking of Randy, Jerry Rice and Randy O. Williams. This has been the Behind the Mic Podcast. <laughs> I am your host, Michael Neal Jr. I am your. <laughs> I am your. Presented by Belio Sports, the Belio Sports Podcast Network. Check us all out on BelioSports.com. Not just the shows. Read the articles. Great content throughout. Spreaker is our home base. You catch us on the two favorites, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and, of course, everybody's favorite, YouTube. Please tell all your friends and family about this show. Tell your fathers, mothers, cousins, sisters, uncles, nephews, former roommate as well. I'm out.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 